In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Gospel of Matthew ends with our Lord standing on the mountain, surrounded by his disciples, where he says to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And while we typically rush on to the part about making disciples, we ought to first pause and consider more deeply this premise our Lord has given, and especially in light of recent events. In our country, we've seen persecution, discrimination, racism, injustice, and murder. We've seen governmental corruption, police brutality, and mob violence. And as Christians, these things ought to be particularly familiar to us. Was not our Lord himself a victim of these very things? Was he not treated horribly by the government and people of his own time? The Jewish leaders wanted to kill him outright simply for his religious beliefs. They arrested him and held a kangaroo court by night in which they beat him as they interrogated him. They gathered false witnesses and handed him over under false charges. Was not our Lord himself subject to profound governmental corruption? When he was handed over, both Pilate and Herod found him innocent of all charges. And yet, as an innocent man, he was still to be publicly tortured by flogging just to appease those who had falsely accused him? Was not our Lord himself the victim of the most overt and systemic racism? The Roman government treated him with extreme contempt precisely because he was a Jew. To say that he suffered police brutality would be a gross understatement. Not only was he publicly tortured and permanently disfigured by the scourging, the officers then slapped his wounds. They wound thorns into a crown and beat it into his head with sticks. They mocked him with racist slurs, feigning to worship him as king of the Jews. They mocked his religion, blindfolding him and striking him while telling him to prophesy who it was that had hit him. Not only did our Lord suffer corrupt and racist government, and extreme abuses at the hands of corrupt officers, he was also shouted down by a violent mob. And though he was innocent, they yelled against him all the more, crucify him, crucify him. Was not our Lord publicly stripped naked, publicly executed, and inhumanely crucified, in the most egregious mockery of justice the world has ever known, was not a mocking and racist epithet inscribed and placed above his head, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews? Was not our Lord Jesus himself, who is closer to us than our own flesh and blood, the victim of persecution, discrimination, racism, injustice, and murder? Was he not the victim of governmental corruption, police brutality, and mob violence? And all this while being entirely and completely 
innocent. As Christians, we recognize and abhor all of these things and denounce them and fight against them, not only because they are evil, but because our beloved Lord himself suffered them, because these are the very evils that constitute his passion. But like the disciples of old, we must also climb up out of the fray and stand on the mountain with our risen Lord. And we must hear what he, the greatest and truest of all victims, has to say. He says to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. But he does not say, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, I charge you to file a lawsuit against Pilate and Herod for their religious discrimination and persecution. He does not say, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, see to it that those racist and abusive officers who tortured and crucified me are put into prison forever. He does not say, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore, burn Jerusalem to the ground for its systemic racism and injustice. Perhaps it is shocking, but our Lord doesn't make a single demand for social or political reform. It's as if he doesn't see social and political reform as any solution at all. It's as if you can't legislate morality, as if laws and lawsuits, imprisonments, riots, and whatever else we might do to change external behaviors actually do nothing to change the sinful human heart. Jesus, who knew racism and corruption and injustice firsthand, Jesus, who was himself publicly tortured and murdered. Jesus, who has now actually been given all authority in heaven and on earth, tells his disciples to do this one thing. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to treasure all that I have taught. All authority in heaven and on earth, and this is the solution that Jesus gives? But how does one change the human heart? By lawsuits, by imprisonment, or riots, or violence, by new policies or new laws? How does one change the human heart? By washing away that person's sins. By giving that person a new identity and a new family. By writing upon that person's forehead and heart the name of God. By baptizing a person into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
That is how you change a human heart. By teaching. By teaching a person who Jesus is and what happened to him and what he willingly suffered for us. That is how you change a human heart. By teaching a person to treasure our Lord Jesus and all that he has taught, both about this life and that which is to come. That is how you change a human heart. If we Christians want to be about the business of our master, then this is our business. If we Christians want to change human hearts and human interactions, and to whatever extent we may, human culture, the answer our Lord gives us is make disciples. Make disciples of all nations and all people, washing away their sins and giving them new identities in God, teaching them God's word so that they know both who Christ is and who they are in Christ. How do we address the sin and pain in our nation? Let us first walk up the mountain, out of the fray, and hear what our Lord Jesus says. Let us be about those things, for he did not suffer and die without purpose. He suffered and died to reconcile us both to God and to one another. He suffered and died bearing our anger, our hatred, our frustration, and our violence in his own flesh, that he might make full atonement for us, that by his blood we would be cleansed of all our sins, and that by his blood all nations would be cleansed. He died that we might receive living hearts from him, hearts that overflow with his selfless love. He loved us while we were still his enemies so that we might love those who are still our enemies. Let us love one another then in this most important of all ways. Let us be disciples of Jesus. Let us make disciples of Jesus. For lo, he is with us, even to the very end of the age. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.